before we start this one off, I just want to say to the girls who listen to this, to the people who listen to this, and then turn around and tell others what I said on this podcast, hoping to hurt me, hoping to fuck up my relationships, hoping to expose me. Bitch, you cannot expose me. I exposed myself. This is a podcast. I know people are going to listen. Are you fucking stupid? Are you actually dumb? It was brought to my attention recently that there are a select group of individuals who listen to this shit and watch everything that I post and then try and use that material against me in some way, which is really fucking funny to me because... How can you use something against me that I'm making public knowledge? I am purposely putting this shit out on Apple and Spotify and Instagram and TikTok and everywhere. Like, it's just crazy. And not only that, but do you really think that the person who you're trying to get in their good graces, that person who you're trying to impress or show them who I really am or whatever, is really going to look at you much better if you keep going to them talking shit about me? If you really want to impress somebody, like, be a good person. I don't know. Do something nice for them. Do your own shit that is impressive. Don't talk about other people in a derogatory way that's so sad for you, honestly. So, anyway, to the girls who listen to this and are trying to, like, fuck my shit up. First of all, my shit's already fucked up, so... We're straight. Don't worry about it. I got it on my own. And second, like, this is a podcast. What do you think? What do you think I think is happening? I know people listening. I want people to listen. Because ultimately, I just think that it's more interesting to at least have a life that is actually real, that people can know about, that hopefully people can relate to, that is. I don't know, not perfect, that there's shit going on that you're figuring out. It's more interesting to go through it and to figure it out than to to just pretend that, you know, everything is perfect and everything is just fucking trips to Aspen and manicures that you don't pay for yourself, which is, anyway, if you get that joke, then I'm glad. But regardless, I just, my life, I've decided at this point, like, I've fucked up a lot and I've also had a lot of success and... I am just not interested in painting anything that is a perfect picture unless maybe I have never had this in my life really. But if there ever is something that is completely perfect, of course, I'm not going to well, I'm going to try not to tear it down and nitpick at everything. I'll let you know if I ever cross that bridge. But until this point, like, yeah, there's some shit that I'm dealing with. There's some shit that probably all of us are dealing with in some way. And I would rather talk about that than act like it's all good. So. Anyway, you can't sabotage me, baby. I I got it on my own. Um, With that being said, with that being said, hello and welcome to another episode of Broke Bitch Anonymous. This is the, I believe, 14th episode. And it is my first solo episode after having Alicia on for two of them, which feels a little bit different and to be honest I kind of wanted to have another guest on today because frankly it's a lot easier when you don't have to just lug the whole weight of a conversation (laughs) on your own and really feel like a mental patient when you're just talking to yourself which is to be honest kind of how it feels especially because right now I'm sitting in my driveway uh in my car because in my room in my in my house that I I guess live at stay at whatever uh someone is super sick I'm not sick I mean to my knowledge I feel fine but there's just like someone who keeps coughing it's like really gross so I didn't want that in the background so I'm sitting in my driveway I hope that the sound is okay because I figured we should talk we should talk about well beginning from this idea that not everything is perfect that, you know, it's more interesting to share what you're going through. I've been in a headspace lately where the only thing that is really making me feel better, and I know this is not healthy. I'm very, very aware that this is not a good coping mechanism for any of the 
points, facets of my life. It's not good for my bank account. It's not probably good for my relationships. It's not good for my public image. Not that I really care that much about that, but I'm aware that this is not a good thing. But as you guys have probably known or heard or whatever, if you listen to the last few episodes, uh, I've been dealing with like a very, what feels like a very one-sided heartbreak where somebody just blocked me on everything a few weeks ago before, on New Year's. And, uh, and that really hurt me because this person was someone who I really felt like was my rock here. And I mean, I was a big dummy in the, in the situationship. I curved a lot of, you know, people that I probably shouldn't have curved. I was, I was loyal to somebody who was not loyal to me. And I mean, from like the celebrities that I curved to the regular people to just, I was a dummy and that's okay. You're allowed to be dumb as long as you learn from your mistakes. So I'm going to try and be better moving forward. But healing is a complicated process. And there are some days where you feel like you're fine and you feel like you've moved past it and you feel like you're doing much better and you know that you're doing better than them. You're just convinced that even though it's not a competition, that like your life is better without them and you're good. And then there's other days where it's three in the morning and you're uh, stalking their Twitter likes from a fake page (laughs) and then stalking all of the highlights that their new little situation has posted from your business account and then having to block them because you don't want them to see that you saw whatever. Anyway, you're doing a lot and, uh, and you miss them still. And there's really no way around that except just I guess, letting that feeling pass through and hopefully, you know, realizing that you can't miss them forever. Like you have to at some point move on with your life. At some point you have to clean your house and get your shit together and put makeup on and go meet somebody else. I mean, at some point you have to do it. The question is at what point and at how, when are you supposed to stop missing someone? I don't really know But I do know that the only thing that's really been making me feel better, if I'm being completely honest with you, is I have just fully regressed into a state of just full-on materialism and just spending a shit ton of money on designer items and anything that is sort of materialistic and temporary and shiny. I want it. I don't give a fuck. I bought a Chanel bag this weekend. I like went to the Baccarat counter and was trying all the different perfumes. I bought another bottle. I bought off-white sneakers. I bought fucking, well, I did not buy this for myself. Actually, somebody bought for me an Hermes scarf. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, Last week before then, I bought a Montclair jacket that I paid for. Uh, My friend bought me Chanel boots. Um, I have been spending a lot of money I've been doing a lot of damage and to everybody that sees the shit I've been buying and thinks that I'm not paying for it actually I am most of the time actually I did work my fucking ass off last year and I saved a lot of money and that's how I bought my car and whatever that's how I'm buying my house and etc etc but usually I'm pretty I like nice things but I'm still pretty frugal and reserved with my money because i I've always been raised of the mindset that like you never know when your opportunities to make money are going to go away. You never really can guarantee like unless you have some kind of set job where you're locked in for X amount of years, whatever. But even then, to be honest with you, I did have a job. Well, really, my only real job when I was 23 and I was a receptionist and like this studio manager at this recording studio and I thought I was like secure with my little $35,000 a year but I still got fired so there's really no security in most work situations I have learned but especially of course in something as tenuous as what I do Um, and even though this podcast has started to make a bit of money and I'm like going to push it so much more and I'm getting new sponsors and stuff and I'm expanding my business situations I've just always been of the mindset that when you have some money, you really should save like you really should save a good amount. My rule, my basic rule is in your bank account, you should have three months worth of rent minimum. Just that's your that's your emergency contingency fund, three months worth of rent. And then 
after that, you should have some money in your savings. And then after that, you should try and stack some fucking papers. So once, of course, it's not always going to be perfect. And sometimes you're going to have to dip into the three to into the three months worth of rent supply and shit happens and you can't really predict the way that life is going to go. That's why you should have that money saved up. But if you're in a situation where you're making money and you kind of can estimate your bills for the next couple of months and you have the freedom to work as much as you can, it's in your best interest to work your ass off and save some money just in case something happens or, you know, to advance yourself in life, like whether you want to buy a new car or a house or something like that or start a business like this is not rocket science, but. Anyway, so last year I had saved like a lot of money and I really worked my ass off. Like I was in the club every day. I was trading crypto. I was doing a lot of shit. I was very, very broke in the beginning of the year. And then by the summer, I got my money up. And when I look back on that person that I was, I'm proud of what I did. And I'm proud of the situation that I was able to, I guess, turn into I'm proud of the situation I flipped around because I really could have just been down bad and living with my fucking mom to be completely honest with you and I I didn't do that I'd force myself to figure it out which thank god because if I hadn't done that then I would be fucking 30 this year and be living with my mom so that would be a big L for me to hold and I just knew I couldn't be that type of person I couldn't be in that situation because I'd probably kill myself so I figured it out but when I was in this headspace of like figuring it out and making money, I saved a lot of money. And of course, while I was doing it, I knew that there were things I wanted. I knew that I wanted to go to fucking Lenox Mall and blow a bag at Chanel. And I knew, you know, I wanted all of these things. But I had some self-restraint because, well, I hadn't saved enough for my house yet and I hadn't, I hadn't bought a car yet. So I still knew that there were like things I had to check off before I allowed myself to like splurge on really dumb material things. And while I have checked some of those things off now, like it's 2022, I bought a car, I'm buying my house. I I have it all lined up. I had, have, I think I still have an investor for the salon I'm opening. I have more of my ducks in a row. I'm still not rich and I still should not be going to Chanel and spending my own money on a Chanel bag when the prices, by the way, just went up again. I still should not be like buying off-white sneakers for really no reason. Well, really the reason is that I thought I was going to LA tomorrow and I don't even know if I'm going anymore. I don't know because the person who was going to fly me out is not responding to me which there must be something about me that just says oh tell this girl everything she wants to hear and then fuck her over (laughs) I don't know what it is I don't know but it's okay uh and 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 I really am I'm actually very regretful in some ways of how cruel some people can be because some of the things that I've said on here like my little beginning address some of the things I've said on here are obviously not in confidence like I know everybody can listen to this I'm well aware but the fact that I've now heard that people are trying to take my words and twist them against me is honestly very hurtful because y'all don't even really know me like that like you're taking my words out of context And also now it makes me feel like I'm scared to speak freely. And that's the worst thing because I already been scared to speak freely on other platforms. That's why I started this thing. Like I already can't tweet anything because I've been canceled like four times for stupid shit to be completely honest with you. I mean, Twitter is just not a place you can speak freely in any capacity for anyone Instagram, I mean, depending on what you're trying to talk about, it's it's just not the place to do it. It's too interconnected and everybody is on Instagram and there's too many eyes on you. And it's just not the platform. You cannot have an in-depth conversation on fucking Instagram stories. It's just not going to work. So why would you go there to just 
spew your guts out in a 15 second story and then leave it. It's going to be weird. It's not going to work. And anyway, there's just so many parts of the internet that you can't really have some kind of honest, open, like judgment free conversation. I think that podcast and this podcast specifically is one of those places. That's why I made this. And it's shitty because now I feel like I can't say everything I want to say. And maybe that's just something I need to get over that, you know, everything comes with a consequence, including starting a podcast like this. And that consequence or those consequences will be that people will try and use what I say against me. And also that some people are not going to fuck with me because they're going to be worried that I'm going to try and, you know, expose them or say some crazy shit or that I whatever. I guess that's just part of the consequence and I have to accept that. So it's all right. I'm I'm going to just take this 15 seconds and accept it and move forward. I'm going to take some accountability here. But to go back to the off-white sneakers for Los Angeles for a trip that I don't know if I'm going on anymore because the person who's going to fly me out is not responding. And uh, that's fine. It happens. We've never even met in person. Well, we did pass by each other once. Not that that counts very much as meeting, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. And then the other thing I was going to do, I was going to go back on No Jumper. I still would like to. I think I'm still going to try and go out to LA just for that. Uh I might just book my own flight, fuck it, and just stay somewhere cheap. I mean, I already bought the sneakers, right? I shouldn't have bought the sneakers. I shouldn't have bought the bag. I shouldn't have fucking bought the perfume. I shouldn't have bought the Moncler jacket. I should have still probably let my friend pay for the Chanel boots and the Hermes scarf. That's fine. But the only thing, honestly, that is making me feel better is the temporary satisfaction and gratification that I have been getting from going into a fucking designer store and spending over $5,000 on some shit I really don't need but really fucking want and that I know I'm gonna quote-unquote have forever. That's how I justify it always. The quality is one of a kind It's, you know, I mean, there's a million justifications you can use. In the case of the Chanel bag I bought, it's the new spring 2022 collection and they're about to sell out. So what a steal. What a steal to spend $6,000 on a bag they're about to sell out of. What a steal, even though I'm still renting a room in the hood. What a steal. That's a good buy. You should buy it. You should buy it. So I bought it. I bought it. And I probably should stop doing this because honestly, even today, it's Monday. It's fucking Monday, bitch. Go to work. It's Monday. What did I want to do today? What did I want to do today? I wanted to go to Bottega Veneta and buy a $3,000 clutch. And I almost went. I drove to Buckhead. And I told myself, bitch, don't go. You have to pay rent soon. You should go to LA. Do no jumper. Maybe meet up with that guy, even though he's kind of ghosting you. Maybe that's still your husband. Whatever. Spend your money on more productive things. Don't go to Bottega Veneta and buy that fucking clutch. If you want the clutch, just get someone else to buy it for you. Like the normal bitches do. There are a million rich men who will buy you the fucking clutch. It's not rocket science. You've done it before. Stop spending your own money out of some weird, misconstrued sense of pride. Stop it. So I didn't go. I didn't go to Bottega Veneta today because I started to feel a little bit cheap and I also felt fat. And so I just didn't want to go into that store not feeling 100%. Because let me tell you, there is a ritual that I like to follow when I'm about to spend an absurd amount of money on something that I don't need. And the ritual involves, well, I can break it down from the beginning, but you really have to already start the day feeling fucking great. I don't want to start the day hungover. I don't want to start the day with any sense of regret from the night before. I want to start the day like I'm going to... I don't know, on like a trip or something. So I got a good night's sleep before. I've just been chilling. I haven't been super emotionally strained by anything. I'm just, I'm cooling. My life is, you know, it's not, 
I don't like to go into a designer store being too ecstatic or too excited about something because I'm not going to be able to focus on my purchase. But you know those days where your life is just slightly above average. Everything's just going pretty much your way, but nothing is going to your way to steal your attention. But you feel good. So here's my ritual. I wake up, make a small light breakfast because I don't want to feel fat or bloated and I don't want to be weighed down. So maybe like, like for me, I would do like two, I'm going to sound, I'm sorry, I'm going to sound like an annoying skinny bitch or like just annoying person or gross person. I don't know. Judge me, whatever. I like to do like maybe two hard boiled eggs with like half or a quarter of an avocado if I'm hungry and like some salt, maybe like some other seasoning, depending on what we got what the vibe is. You can do like some Japanese seasoning. You could even do like some chili flakes. You could do like a little bit of seaweed. Like, I don't know, whatever your vibe is, just some seasoning, a little bit of avocado, a couple eggs. We're good. A coffee with like some nice kind of right now I'm doing this like collagen, paleo, creamer, coconut things. Really, really good. Uh, something like that. So you feel like awake and you're not hungry, but you're not weighed down. Then now here's the key. You're going to skip all of your workout things or any sort of productive thing that you otherwise might have done that morning. And you're just going to shower and get ready and kind of get ready like you're about to go out. Like do your makeup, do your hair. I like to put on a really cute outfit. I like to just, I'm, I have a lot of energy because I haven't, usually I force myself to work out or something in the morning, but if I don't do that and it's still morning and I'm like kind of buzzing off caffeine, you kind of just have this like cute energy. I guess that's like what normal people feel when they go to work, like to their offices in the morning. I don't do that. So I don't know. But anyway, so get ready, put on something cute, do your makeup, do your hair, like put on the nice jewelry, put on your favorite watch, whatever. When it comes time to going to the store, it's kind of like, I used to know artists and like chefs and stuff that would talk about how they liked to experience new art being kind of like slightly hungry or just very awake because it made them more in tune to, I don't know, the art or whatever was happening. So I kind of like to be in that state when I enter the store. I like to go around like noon or one because before lunch, definitely before lunch, but before it gets too busy, the sun is ideally out, you know, it's the middle of the day. It's ultimate luxury to just be in a designer store and not be at work in the middle of the day. Like pretty women shit. Go in the, you have to go in the daytime. I don't like to go at night. The day's already over. You have no time to go home and take pictures and celebrate, you know, your little purchase. It's too late. So I like to go early. You go in the middle of the day. If you're spending a lot of money, they, and if you're in like a nice, nice designer store, like in Europe or something, they will offer to get you a drink or like some champagne or anything like that. Uh, in Atlanta, I've never experienced that. I guess I haven't spent enough money. I don't know. But, um, when you're there, when you're there, (laughs) hopefully it's not too busy. So you just, you know, chat with the sales associates. If they're nice, try some stuff on whatever. Once you make your purchase, Once you make the purchase, you should, you haven't eaten for a few hours. You're very caffeinated. You look cute. You have your designer bag thing in the, you know, designer shopping bag. You kind of just skip out the store and go to the nearest, cutest, fanciest brunch place, lunch place, get a glass of fucking champagne and a couple little snacks. Ideally at this point, it's like two o'clock, two 30, maybe three, depending on how long you took at the store. Just have a couple glasses of wine. Hopefully you can meet up with a friend, just talk about life, whatever, and make a day of it. And then in the afternoon, just window shop to the other fancy designer places with your little champagne buzz, because it's way more fun to be perfectly honest with you to walk into other fancy designer stores when you already have a designer bag, shopping bag that you're carrying. I feel like you just get treated better. It's just an experience. So that's how I like to do it. I know that probably sounds psychotic, um, and I'm going to share a story of how I learned that that's how I like to do it (laughs) when I was younger, but my point is, the only thing that has really been making me feel better is buying this shit and doing, living this, like, absurd, 
glam, fake glam lifestyle that is really not sustainable or something to really be proud of. Because I can understand maybe if you're like a multimillionaire or like billionaire, I guess, even then I'm going to say it's really not something to be proud of either because that level of consumption is kind of gross. Like, obviously there's a lot of poverty in the world. Obviously people are now I think of the fucking meme, people are dying, Kim. But obviously people are hungry. Obviously a lot of people need help. And obviously you should help those people out as much as you can. And I would like to think that I do. I have donated to charities. I do. I mean, it doesn't do much. But like, you know, if I see someone on the street, I'll give them a little bit of money. I'll, I do what I can when I feel like I can. Of course, I could always do more. Of course, we could all always do more. Of course. But that level of shameless consumption it's a little gross. It feels amazing, but it's gross. And you have to acknowledge that it's gross, especially when you're doing it. And especially when you kind of fall into this routine of like craving doing it, you have to acknowledge that it's probably not healthy. And ultimately it's only taking that sort of empty gnawing void feeling away for a very temporary amount of time. And then you're going to need the new thing to go, that you're going to want to go out and buy. And beyond that, there's no feeling... Well, there's some feelings that suck more. But there's a very distinct sense of like nastiness and just sadness, I feel anyways, when I check my bank account and I see all the money I've spent. And I'm like, damn... I probably could have done something else with that. How hard am I going to have to work to make that money back? Probably very hard. Will I even be able to make it back? What did I just do? So it's not a sustainable way to live. And on top of all of that, I feel like I have given this perception in the last couple of weeks of like living a really luxury life. And I have to be completely frank, that's coming from a place of deep sadness. Like, I'm very sad right now. I'm really fucked up about life. I really miss, like, different situations. Well, one situation. I miss feeling like I had someone really in my corner, even though they were never in my corner. I really miss the sense of comfort I got from that. And I feel, to be honest, like, very alone lately. And that's why even, like, I shouldn't feel completely alone because like obviously there's someone that I've been seeing and with this LA situation like this guy wanted to fly me out and blah 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 and the reason I was so down I was because it was like I don't want to think about this shit anymore I don't even want to heal I just want to forget about it. I just want to move on I just want to find someone else which I know is not healthy I know it's not healthy I know it's not healthy but this public image that I feel I've been portraying over the last couple of weeks while there's a part of me that has felt much better after I go and I do my little luxury shopping routine and I blow all this money and I bought my Chanel bag and all this stuff there's the other side of me that feels disgusted with myself and then there's the other side of me that can acknowledge that I look kind of retarded on Instagram and social media and The weird part is that the way that social media now, social media, why can't I speak social, social media, whatever, I'm having a fucking, I'm about to stroke out, just kidding. Uh, The way that it is structured now with the algorithm, there are certain things that do well and there are certain things that don't do well. And with Instagram, this is obviously true, but especially I think with TikTok that I've realized is that when I'm talking about how I don't want to talk to broke men, how I don't want to deal with any struggle love, how I have six figures in my bank account, but I still expect men to spoil me, etc, etc. When I'm talking about that stuff, that stuff gets a lot of engagement. That stuff always does really well. But when I try to sometimes communicate the more nuanced shit or the stuff that's like, I really miss my little like, you know, stink that is not any of these things that I'm claiming to like so much, it doesn't really do as well. And that just might be my own lack of being able to communicate those things as clearly as I can communicate like 
I got my nails done and I didn't pay for it because that's a very simple thing to communicate. So part of the blame is probably on me. But when the algorithm is constantly rewarding you for things like that and not really rewarding you for trying to paint a more holistic picture, of course, you're going to be kind of pushed into the corner of creating more of your public personality in that light of like, take care of me. I am a bad bitch who has my own money, but I'm going to spend yours too. You know, city girl shit, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it you're going to be encouraged to create that type of content more because that's what the algorithm rewards. Like I had one video on TikTok go viral where I said I was in a Range Rover and I got my nails done and I was going to Aspen in two days and I'm not paying for it. It got over two and some two something million views, so many comments. And then I had another one go kind of semi-viral where I said like, I still expect men to spoil me even though I make my own money, whatever. And I don't really want to be known only as that. I think that that's kind of cringy. I don't think that that's the true story here about my life at all. I mean, I think that I still, well, how do I even say it? All the people I've really loved have never even really done those things for me. There's all the guys that have done those things for me. I've yet to like come around to seeing it as an equal relationship to seeing it as something I can really fully throw myself in and really trust because there's always an element in those situations where it's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I'm going to use this for now, but then how can I not like, how can I trust that he won't turn around in a couple of years and leave me for a hotter, younger chick that he can spoil and win over with his money just like he won me over. How can I trust that they that they won't do that? You can't. But you also can't trust that the average guy won't do that. And the idea that, you know, date someone kind of medium ugly who doesn't have a lot of money and they won't turn around and leave you or cheat on you or find someone younger and hotter, that's also fake because that literally just happened to me. And that man did none of those things for me. Like, he didn't spoil me or whatever. So... I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, the answer is uh, true love, which is very difficult to find. But I know that the answer is not just like city girl shit, spoil me and I'm going to like, I know that that's not fully it. I'm aware of that. And I'm a little bit embarrassed about the public perception that I feel like I've portrayed over the last couple of weeks during this trip to Aspen and then following that up with all of this shopping shit that I've been doing to fill the void of emptiness that I feel. And I just want to say, because I don't want to be the type of person that exposes anyone else. And I never have been, so no one can accuse me of that. I just expose myself truly. But with the Aspen trip, it really was amazing. It really was. And I was very, very, very blessed to be there because I don't, I wouldn't have been there on my own. Like, Maybe I could have afforded it, but why would I spend my own money to go to Aspen alone? Like, I would really like to go back with some girlfriends, to be honest. I would really like to go back in general with a friend, with, you know, a boyfriend, whatever. I want to go back for sure. But in that time, like last week, I wasn't going to be in Aspen alone. Like, I I was not going to be there. So I'm really grateful that I was able to go. But... I think I was so caught up in my head of like wanting to portray the perfect trip that I feel bad for the person I was with because I feel like I don't even feel like I know that I just kind of like forced him to take pictures of me and like I feel like I was doing stuff more for the internet than I really was to actually enjoy the trip and I think that part of that is because there's something that happens when you go through heartbreak and I'm not even going to call it a breakup because any sort of heartbreak, like any sort of rejection, any sort of wanting to get someone's attention and being kind of sad at the same time, there's something that happens where it's like, okay, photographer one, photographer two, we're posting stories at eight in the morning, noon, 3 p.m. We're showing off all the best parts of our lives 
there is maybe it's like future's influence on me where it's like, fuck it, I'm a ball without you. I don't know what it is. But like when I'm going through it, unless like I literally can't get out of bed and like my anxiety is crippling. And even then I'm probably going to find a reason or a way to post some shit because I just like attention. But for the most part, when I'm going through it, like that's when my shit looks the most fly on Instagram. And I feel really bad that the whole time we were in Aspen, like it was kind of a lose lose because it's like. I feel like I did too much on Instagram and people probably looked at me like, who is this girl? Like, does she have like some crazy sugar daddy? Like, is she super rich? Like, does her family have money? Like, why is she like showing off like this? You know, who the fuck is this chick or who does she think she is? There's definitely people that thought that. And on the other end, the person that I was with, like, he was probably like, this girl is like so annoying and obsessed with the pictures and her TikTok and this and that, like it's unattractive. It's very unattractive. And so it's like, I, I feel like I lost on both sides of the spectrum and I don't know what monster is within me that still continue to tell me to like post and document and like do too much. I don't know. I mean, I guess the monster is like wanting to show my ex if he ever even looks at my page that like I'm doing good, but for everyone else that had to interact with the content, like, I'm kind of sorry. And I especially realized that I looked like a psycho because the guy who, like, wanted me to come to LA had just followed me and was, like, watching all of my stuff. And you know when you have, like, a new follower that you're kind of semi-interested in and you kind of think, like, okay, well, they don't know really anything about me until this point. So, like, if they're watching this stuff for the first time, like, what are they going to think of me? Am I the only one who thinks this? I always, like, think if I'm into somebody and they follow me, I'm like, okay, well, wow, we're really starting from scratch here. Like, you don't know any of my shit. Like, what am I going to post? And, like, if all I'm posting is, like, glasses of champagne and, like, this and that, he probably thinks that I'm, like, I think I'm, like, some princess, like, whatever. So... As amazing as the opportunity and the trip was, because it really, it really was great. Like, I'm so grateful to have gone. I somehow still feel a sense of regret about the whole thing, which I really shouldn't because I didn't even spend my own money to be there. So why am I regretful? And my friend who I was with, like, we, to my knowledge, had a great time. Like, there was no problems. There were no big fights or anything like that. So, uh... Yeah, that was the trip. And moving forward, (laughs) the solution is, I'm not sure. I think that some of our brains are just broken, like myself, to see certain situations as opportunities for, like, content, I guess. But the weird part is, like, when you're not even that lit content-wise, like, maybe you shouldn't ruin your interpersonal relationships for the content. Like, I've had friends in the past who have gotten mad at me for things that I've posted or said or tweeted. And really, the tweets or the posts, they were never worth it. Like, I wasn't... It was never that lit. And even when it is that lit, even this TikTok that accidentally went viral, like, I still almost feel like it wasn't worth it because I know that the guy who I'm kind of not talking about that pay for my nails, but the guy who I'm subliminal subliminally comparing him to the guy who I was with before, like he probably saw it and was like, damn, Claudia is such a bitch. I can't believe she would do that. I can't believe she would say that. And I kind of regret that too. So it's really never worth it, but yet we still do it all the time. And I, and I know I'll still do it again. I know if somebody was like, Hey, oh, we're going to Hawaii. We're going to Paris. Like, bitch, are you kidding? I'm bringing three phones. I'm filming everything. <laughs> so I guess you just have to have people who understand and hopefully it, it becomes worth it one day. And hopefully places like this make it more worth it because you're able to weigh all of the different sides of your actions But this idea that I still somehow seem to harbor that flexing on Instagram with different designer items will somehow better my life. I don't know why I can't let go of this because it's really maybe one of the stupidest 
concepts I've ever held on to. It's more dumb than any emotionally unavailable man that I have met in the last 10 years that I have also clinged on to. Like, it is so stupid because there are, we are so oversaturated with people flexing their designer shit. Like, we have so much of it, it's boring. Nobody wants to see another girl holding a fucking Birkin, holding a fucking Dior bag, a Chanel bag. Nobody needs to see another pair of Amiri's. Nobody even needs to see another fucking one of those pictures with the money on the floor that everyone's taking now. We are so oversaturated with luxury that it is the most simple, basic thing in the world. And I understand when you come from not having it, like I do, like I never could afford all of that stuff that I wanted. And because I couldn't afford it, I wanted it even more. I understand like more than anyone, not more than anyone, but I get it wanting it and finally being able to get it. And so just splurging on it, but you have to also see it from the other side, which is like, nobody really gives a fuck. Nobody cares. If anything, people are probably just going to hate you more for it. Just like people always hate you for any sort of success that you have, for any sort of anything. People are always going to find a reason to hate you if they don't want to like you. Nobody cares about your your new Chanel bag. All of this designer shit, it's boring, honestly. But at the same time, I fucking love it. And all I want to do is go buy that stupid Bottega Veneta bag and I know I'm going to buy it. So I don't know. I think... There's probably something to be said about just fully committing to that persona. Maybe if I could just commit to it all the way, then I would be better off instead of doing it and then apologizing and then kind of doing it again and then apologizing and then buying this other thing and then feeling bad. Like, fuck all that. Stop going back and forth. Just pick one and stick to it. Be unapologetically the insufferable monster that you are again. But I do feel like I've come a long way from the time in New York where, and if you haven't listened to this episode, to this episode I'm about to talk about, you probably should listen to it. Honestly, I think it's a good one. I think it's called Seeking No Arrangements. And I talk about last summer where this like billionaire stole a pair of Celine sunglasses for me, which I later lost. I just lost them like a few like a couple months ago. It's very sad. I hope I hope they come up somewhere, but for now I can't find them anywhere. Anyway, I've come a long way from letting men steal designer things from for me for to being able to actually buy them on my own. And even before that, I will never forget and I really 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 regret doing this, but this is just one of those situations I think you don't have to go through unless you're an idiot like me, but you kind of do have to go through to see how dumb you can be. I remember, so every summer when I was growing up, we would go to Poland because my family lives there, like my grandma, my babcia, my whole family, my whole mom's side of the family, everybody's very Polish, they don't speak English, they're all in Poland. And my parents built a house there in the Polish countryside when I was growing up, so every summer for the whole summer, we would go to Poland. And I was always really frustrated by the fact that I would be stuck in Poland all summer because one, I wanted to be with my friends back home. I wanted to fucking speak English. Like I wanted to go hang out with boys. I wanted to go to parties. I wanted to just enjoy my summer in North America. And I could never do that. I would be in Poland, which I know it's Europe. And if you haven't been to Europe or Poland, it probably sounds cool. But like the Polish countryside, especially in the 90s and early 2000s when I was there, like there was really not shit going on. It's very foreign. And Poland is, well, is still, but then especially like was still pretty much recovering from communism. It's a very different culture. It's also the countryside. So obviously there was no Wi-Fi. There was no computers. There was no internet back in those days. But even now, like the service is terrible. It's just not somewhere that you should go to depend on an internet connection. So I could barely communicate with any of my friends, which of course, as like a teenager was frustrating and I felt like the world was ending. And while I was in Poland, my parents very, very rarely let me go to other places. Like my family lives 
near a city called Wrocław, which is on west the west side of Poland. Um, and it's near Berlin, like in Germany, and it's near Prague. And it's kind of, it borders Germany and the Czech Republic. So Europe is very interconnected with trains and stuff. And it would have been really easy for me to just get on a train and go to Berlin and go to Prague or even go to Paris. But because I was young and my parents never wanted to spend the money on it and I didn't really have my own money like I was a kid, they never really let me go. I remember one summer we went to Scotland as well because my dad had family there. But other than that, like we literally would just go to Poland and I would spend two months of the year in Kshengenitsa, which is like the country that my the countryside that my family lives in. But when I was 18, my mom finally allowed me to venture out from Kshengenitsa to some other cities in Europe. So I went to Prague and I went to Berlin. And later that summer, the one place that I really, really, really wanted to fucking go to was Paris because it's Paris. Like I had never been to Paris before. And there's something, this is a privileged problem to have. I understand that, but like, there's something about, I was already in Europe. Like I had already come that far to then just feel like I was stuck in this one place when I was so close to somewhere as cool as fucking Paris. It always like frustrated me. And I was always just like, if only I could just get to Paris, like I would be lit. Every, my problems would be solved. So when I was 18, my mom agreed to come with me to Paris. She didn't trust me to go alone because it was kind of far and we couldn't afford to fly I guess she didn't want to pay for a flight ticket. I mean, I understand. So we took the bus from Wrocław to Paris. The bus is kind of like a Greyhound situation, like a Megabus vibe. And it pretty much just drives. If you look at a map, it just leaves from Wrocław. It drives straight through Germany and then it gets to France and it goes to Paris. And the bus took about, I want to say like 13 or 14 hours. So it was long, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But taking the bus to Paris should tell you the vibe of the trip. Like, we weren't staying at the fucking Ritz-Carlton. We were not staying, I don't know, to go shopping at Dior and live the luxury, glamorous lifestyle that you see in the movies of people vacationing in Paris. We were taking the bus to Paris. So we take the bus to Paris, and I'm still excited as fuck. I can't wait. In my mind, I'm like, nobody needs to know we took the bus. Everybody just needs to know that I'm in fucking Paris. I'm about to post 1,000 pictures of this trip on my Facebook. So we get there and we're staying in this very, very modest, like just regular ass two, three star hotel, like on the north side of Paris, which I think is like this thing called like Sac-Cour or something. It's like on top of this hill. It's like a chapel. Anyway, the, the north side of Paris is like a little bit more chill, a little bit more residential closer like towards the river more south that's where like the Champs-Élysées is and the Eiffel Tower and all the like a lot of like touristy more expensive areas and the north side is just it's a little bit more grounded in reality I I think that a lot of people who actually live in Paris people actually live there anyway obviously I don't know Paris that well but like the north side is just it's chill so we were staying there at a very very modest hotel We went to the grocery store to pick up basics like some cheese and like wine and baguettes and whatever, which to be fair, the grocery stores in Paris are amazing. And even the like cheap groceries that we got just so we wouldn't have to go out to eat every day were incredible. And it still felt like very romantic to be walking back to our hotel with like our baguette and our camembert and our three euro wine. And it just it was still great. Like I was not mad, but we just weren't living that lifestyle. I think I probably had, I was 18. I think I probably had like maybe $800 in my bank account, maybe like from, I don't know, birthday money. And when I used to work at a water park and like teach kids ballet, barely, you know, you're a teenager, you have some money in your bank account, but you don't have like a lot. I think I had about $800 because I had no, I had something because the second day that we were there, there is a, well, it's Paris. So of course there's a lot of fancy department stores and there's one that I don't even remember the name of, but it's right in the heart of downtown next to, you know, the Dior flagship and Louis Vuitton and Chanel and all of the beautiful designer stores. It's this, it's like Faubourg or something. I don't remember, but 
it's beautiful. And you walk in and it's like every designer flagship situation, every bag you could picture, everything. You could spend so much money in there. And and a lot of people do. Obviously, there's a lot of wealthy people that go to Paris. And I went alone one day. My mom, I think, was in the hotel or something. She was just chilling. She didn't want to come with me. So I was exploring. I walked in alone. And I found a Valentino bag that was discounted, like 70% off. And in hindsight, I understand why it was discounted because it was very ugly. It was patent blue, bright patent blue, and it had a big ass bow and a gold emblem that said Valentino. And Valentino, not to be a huge snob, but they don't even really make bags like that. Their bags just kind of supplement their clothing situation. Like Valentino bags, it's like buying going to Starbucks and not really getting coffee. It's like, okay, you can do that, but like, it's kind of besides the point. You know what I mean? So when I found this bag, I did not think about any of those things. I thought it's fucking Valentino and I'm in Paris and I think it costs like maybe 300 euro or something like that, which was very, very cheap compared to everything else. All the other designer bags that were in the store. Mind you, actually, I I remember now, it wasn't even leather. It was literally blue plastic. Like, it was so heinously ugly. But I was so excited that, like, I felt like it kind of was cute and I could afford it. So I bought that bitch. I bought it. I swiped my Canadian debit card, bought it, emptied my bank account pretty much because 300 euros, I think it was probably like five or six hundred dollars, whatever. Bought that bitch, went back to the hotel with my big fancy designer carrier bag, designer shopping bag that says the big fancy mall's name on it with the Valentino shopping bag inside. And my mom heard the look on her face. I'll never forget. She was just like, what the fuck did you do? Like, what did you do? What did you do? And I showed her and she looked at the bag and she was just like, Claudia, this isn't even leather. Like, why would you buy this? This is so bad. And I just felt so regretful. I was happy. I still carried that bag the whole summer. I carried it on the whole Paris trip because I felt like I had my Valentino bag from Paris. But I felt so bad that I spent like the equivalent of what our hotel, probably more than our hotel had costed, more than the bus tickets to get to Paris on this bag. And my mom was just so disappointed in me. And anyway, every time I buy a bag now or think about buying a bag, I just always think of that moment. And I'm like, am I going to come home and just gravely disappoint someone with this decision? Is this just going to be one of those things that I deeply regret? Because obviously none of us really need any of this shit. And when will I learn to just chill out and stop? I think I just like what carrying a designer bag symbolizes, even if it symbolizes deep regret or knowing that I kind of spent my money on something stupid. Ultimately, I mean, most things we spend our money on are kind of stupid, which is, I know, a very bad rationalization for this. But even the things that I was told were good investments, like crypto and some of the stocks I bought, I lost a shit ton of money this week on that, too. Maybe there's no good way, really, to spend your money. You just have to pick the lesser of whatever evil you choose. But I will just never forget that Valentino bag. I think my mom still has it somewhere in her closet. Maybe I can ask her to send it to me and put it next to my new Chanel.